Okay. Yep, I still I hear you perfectly. All right. 
Three minutes. Three minutes till showtime. Uh. Janet, we're gonna. I. I. Uh. If you can. Uh, well, you don't have any noise or anything like that. But if, if you have noise, you know, mute your mic or whatever. You got some, oh. something going on. If there's like something going on. Yes. Yeah, if, you know, if you have noise, just do it. Like, I do have my dogs here, but they're pretty quiet. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Only if somebody knocks on the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't forget to mute your mic if you have to get out. Um, and what else? So, I'm doing the intro. I'll intro you. And I have two other guests popping on. I have Rolanda Watts, who's actually filming right now. Filming, but she's gonna pop on to give her a little intake on, you know, give her two cents. And my other guest that's co-host, not co-hosting yet, is uh, Chris Mean. With uh, by all means, um, he's the CEO and president of By All Means Incorporated oh. Leadership Alliance. So hopefully, everybody come on time. It'll be interesting. I'm, I, I'm I hope I can have some input, but I think I would like to listen to people too. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna kick it off, and they gonna chime in, and you know, it's gonna be a good talk. Seriously. <laughs> Two minutes. Oh, one minute. One minute. One minute till showtime. Starting on time today. Everything is live. We're live on Facebook. If you want to share it. We're always on with Tanya and Jay featuring DJ Danny Weiss on Facebook. You can share it. You want the conversation? We're talking some heavy stuff today. Are you tired being black in America? Let me know. Hit me up. Rack it back, let's get it popping. Everybody, welcome to all Friday. Tanya J featuring DJ J U Ice. Happy Friday. What's up, Juice? I don't think he can hear me. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, Jay's not going to be with us today. He's out of town, business with everything, but he's definitely listening in. So, we got some great talks today. We're going to talk, we're going to be talking to uh, several guests today. Uh, our first guest is uh, Oh, here's Christopher Means. Get him in there. Anyways, our first guest is uh, senior supervising producer at KTLA Five in Los Angeles. Morning news producer Janet D Hill. Welcome, Janet. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. All right, and then we have our second guest. Hey, Chris, are you here? Hey, what's up? What's all up? All right. So we have our second guest, Christopher Means, president and CEO of By All Means Leadership Alliance. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Good to be here. Good to be here. Happy Friday to both of you all. <laughs> anyway, did you let's start this conversation because we got a lot of elements to go through for, for here. Um, so let's come this. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, my girl Kit here. Hold on a second. People are popping in. Uh-oh. Ah! It's popping in. What's up, Kit? Kit, 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 Kit. Anyways. That's our third guest. She's popping in before she's doing some filming tonight herself. So she's doing this stop by for a little bit. And then we have a surprise guest, hopefully, that Rolanda Watts can show up too. But anyways, uh, Kid, are you here? 
She's connecting still. Anyways, Kate's uh, uh, an actress, a producer here in New York City, and uh, she's going to, you know, help us join in uh, on the conversation too. So, but let's get this thing started. Oh, who else is coming? <laughs> Somebody else is coming too. Hold on one second. Oh, that's Rolanda. She's here. We got a full house today. Wow. <laughs> we got a full house. Kid, are you there? What's up, kid? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> we got Rolanda Watts. Welcome, kid. We got Chris Means. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you met him before. We got Chris Means. We have Janet D. Hill from KTL, KTLA5 out of Los, Al Los Angeles. I can't even tongue tied. Sorry about that. Anyway, hey, Rolanda. Hey. How are you? Good. I'm just oh. working hard. I'm, I'm just, I'm in between sh uh, shooting scenes here on a sitcom. Okay. Okay. Well, you look beautiful. Well, thank you. They do a good job here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rolanda. I'm going to introduce our guest to you. We have Kit Williams, actress, producer. producer. We have uh, Chris Means, who's the CEO and president of By All Means Leadership Alliance. And we have supervising producer for KTLA5, Janet D. Hill. Welcome, everybody. Let's get this conversation started because I know people got to move and shake things and everything. So did everybody read the article by Jonathan Capehart about being tired, being exhausted as a Black person in America? Yes. 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 Are you tired? I feel like the question in itself is just like, I mean, it's life and it's so like the thing I like about Jonathan is he kept it very, very real. And it's so like we are all feeling it. And I feel like, and I hate to say that, but this is the one time where I feel like I can speak for every single person of color. We are tired. <laughs> and there's, but then it's like, but the question is really, what are we going to do? Exactly. 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 How do you feel, Rolanda? Well, I think it's I think it's high time that the rest of the world knows what we have to do before we even put our makeup on in the morning. And that is pray that we live to get back home by dinner time. Oh, right. And don't kill somebody at work in the in the process. But <laughs> but you know something, I think it was also something that brought us together as black people to say, Oh, I'm not the only one going through this. We're not, you know, we as a collective go through this. It has been proven that a lot of the health issues that black women face come from the racism they deal with at work every day. So these are real psychological issues. These are health issues. These are economic issues. These are social issues. And thank God the genie's out the bottle and it's not gonna go back. But I agree with what sister just said. Now, what you gonna do? Now it's out there, what you gonna do? Cause nobody else is gonna do anything. Thank goodness we had the help of alliances during this time, but then what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Chris, what's your take on it? You, you know, uh, you know, uh, as I talk to a lot of brothers, you know, on, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, you 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 ask the question, "Hey, man, how you doing?" And you start hearing all these, you know, little, you know, you know colloquiums. Uh, you know, oh, it's hard being a black man. Oh, it's hard out here. Oh, same fight, different round. And, you know, when you speak on something or you say something like that, that just shows that, yeah, we are all exhausted by what's happening. What we witnessed a year ago, like I, I woke up that morning, one morning, and I watched the video of George Floyd. Oh, I, oh. And, and I was just, I mean, it was just, it was just like, it, I was just devastated. And I had to watch it again to just like really understand like what was going on. The world watched this man die uh, yeah. for nine minutes. Yes, yes. yes. And then you have then people are asking, well, why is everyone upset? Why is everyone protesting? And it's, you know, whatever. I mean, like, why don't you know why you think? I mean, this is what happens on an ongoing basis, day after day, time after time. And when I walk out of the house now, even like with my mask, sometimes I walk with a mask, sometimes I walk with a scarf around my face. Today, I went to the bank today and I was thinking, man, there would be a time if I walked in here with my face covered, 
There was gonna be some problems. Oh, definitely. Janet, Janet, what's your what's your take? Um, well, I agree that you know we we had a lot of alliances um right after George Floyd, but I have to tell you that those alliances are shaky right now. Because if you get into a too deep of a conversation, which I told you about earlier, mm-hmm. where they're all about, you know, the justice for George Floyd, but you start talking about those other shootings, and I have to tell you, it's not good, the stuff that they're saying. And so, you, so our alliances are a bit shaky right now, because they don't really know how to handle what's happening. They really don't. Well, that's because it's been happening for years, for decades, for generations and everything. So nobody really tried to handle. They tried, you know, we had Martin Luther King and all of the, you know, big time political leaders to help, you know, social leaders and everything. But mm, I don't know what, what can we do now. I mean, what can we do? The thing is, is we get so far and then we stop. But this is the issue. Like we, as African Americans, Black people, whatever you want to call us this month, we <laughs> know what the we know what the deal is. We know we are going to have to keep moving forward. Right. But then we have to look at our allies and go like, okay, we know you're gonna get tired. And then we must now be able to find a way to be able to tell them like, it's okay, take a minute, because we don't need you to take this minute for you to go ahead and finish out this race. And that's what we've got to realize is this is going to be a long race because it for me, and I forget which war it is because I'm horrible when it comes to my history. I think it was World War II when most African-Americans start really going to war. And I, that was for me what showed it. I'm like this, you can go and you can fight for your country and then you come back and try to put on a uniform and they beat you down. That was our first clue. If we never could get past that, right, right, right. how the hell are we ever going to get past them just shooting some guy? You know, they, and that's just it. And when we win one, we lose a hundred thousand. Like when Barack Obama was elected, I was so happy, but I was terrified because I knew right then I was like, "Oh, we all gonna die. You can't get the, you can't get the big one, but you're gonna get everybody else." And that is the mentality because in New York we don't see that mentality right as much. In California, right. you may not see that mentality in right. certain parts. As you go down south, but it's the middle of the world. Well, I said parts because it's like yeah, LA, we do. LA yeah. might be good, but the rest of it is crazy. Like California is very, very um conservative. Right. A few bigger cities. So I can go, see that. Like go south. Go down to the well, dirty well, south. I, I gotta say what you're saying when you say California is very conservative. No, California is actually a moderate state. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are moderate. That when you when you look us up, it's a moderate state. You know, if we were um if we have a lot of Republican pushback. Mm-hmm. But we still vote majority Democratic. Mm-hmm. But it's Democratic. But the Democratic is not because they have this. Uh, and I hate to use the word woke about um, our rights and, and black people and stuff, too. They have other things they like that um, go with the Democratic Party. And it's not always necessary, uh, necessarily because of black. Folk. That's yeah. So let's let's talk about some of the. Um, well, first of all, we got to. Define what exhaustion 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 I can't exhaustion is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to stop drinking, right? <laughs> uh, uh, let's, let's get the definition to it because you know it means tired. I, we're tired. I'm tired. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm tired looking at every day. I mean, because you know, when media's putting it out there, I'm tired, tired of people being shot, tired of the protests, tired of just tired of everything fighting. Tired. I mean, I think tired is like that's 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 the nicest way to put it. We are yeah, that is the nicest. Or just sick and tired of being sick and tired. There you go. Sick and when tired. When you get tired of being tired, that's exhausting. But imagine, imagine if we were back in the day, like back in the 50s and 40s, when we weren't allowed to sit in the same seats or the same area as white people or drink out of the same fountain or segregated schools. How tired is that? How can we complain? How can we complain now? And that was worse back then. Well, I, I, I tend to think that, you know, we always say, you know, each generation, we don't look like our parents look because right. they were more weathered and exhausted due to the fact of those Jim Crow foundations that wore them down. So we may look um, younger than our grandparents and our parents look. But we're tired in a different way. We're tired of having to think that extra step of, okay, when the police pulls up, now I have to run through a whole, you know, list 
of survival skills. And, and, and that's only going to give you a 50-50 chance mm-hmm. of, of living through that. So right. who else has to think extra about survival skills when, when, when those are the cases of the police coming up on you? Who does that? Yeah. You know what I mean? We may look different, but we think different and we're weathered in a different way because we're mentally exhausted. You know? I think it's also becoming very clear what the whole police situation was set up for anyway. I mean, I think that what is, I, I believe that most white folks do know about how uh, there is discrimination and just and and very different kind of treatment. You can't tell me you don't know that. Yeah. But I think that... Um, that this is that you know the people are asking them to say something your silence is violence in itself and i think that um you know it's putting them in a position where we know at some point they're going to say this really ain't my problem and i really don't want to be involved and you're going to have to brace yourself black people how am i going to digest that how am i going to put that into the coffers of other disappointments that i have in this whole situation and you bring up a good point we particularly have a problem with the police Mm -hmm. yes there are people who are asian who are scared to go out of their house today Mm -hmm. yes there are jewish friends of mine who are afraid to walk through certain streets of new york city in, in New York, of all places. Yeah. But this is um, this is a situation where we don't hear about them having those issues with police as there much. You go. And there you that's go. what is ta- teaching us the systemic racism that police officers, you know, they might have, I don't want to, I don't, I know some nice police officers. There are a lot of them who belong to them KKK groups, and that's just the bottom line. They have been systemically, systematically put in a position to come and get us in particular. And this goes back to the overseers in slavery. You know what people don't have to deal with is our history. This this stuff didn't just pop up all of a sudden. This is something that is so status quo, you acted like you didn't even know about it. And you do. Everybody does. So to act like you got your head in the sand is ridiculous. Hmm. So this has been a very eye-opening and mouth-opening situation. Because it's being videotaped and because filmed it's video. now. Right. That's and right. now they're even going so far. You're, you, you've heard recently, even in Chicago, you know, they're telling police officers, turn off your cameras before you come into the scene. Uh, they're trying to edit a video in North Carolina from this, you know, from the recent, you know, so it's like now they know that they're they're, they're being that the the systemic racism is being exposed because it's caught on tape. Now they're trying to figure out how to re redact. Uh, I've never heard of redacting a video until the other day. I was like, oh, so now you're going to try to redact video. Now you're going to try to turn your cameras off. So that you, you know, so you don't see what happened. It's a, yeah, we're tired. Yeah. We're tired of of trying to seek social justice, racial equality, and the goalposts continually being moved. Wow. I want to say something really quickly about the historical part of all this. Uh I think that um, we sometimes forget that what we're up under is 400 years. You have to remember that while we were up under under that 400 years, they were above this 400 years. 400 years. And so a lot of this that's going on, um, you know, sometimes I feel like it's in their DNA. Where yeah. because when they see um, black people running from them, it is a hunt and capture. And then mm-hmm. they're in their own neighborhoods where you know you're gonna find that person, just let them go. But they right. don't. They hunt them in the back. And it's a capture. And you know, that was going on throughout um, slavery. Where, and, the, and, and I'm gonna say, working in the media, we used to do a lot of movies where we show where they capture them and they bring them back. But historically, that's not what happened. They made examples of people who ran. Right. Yeah, they made examples of them. And I think that's what we, the kind of mentality we have here is they're making examples. Yep. And, the, because, our, and because our young people are videotaping it. Well, you know, technology that's the, all to that's is amazing. It is, it yeah. is the game changer. Right, right. Well, let's talk about assumptions. You know, white people think uh, they have 
so many assumptions about black people that we can we're fast in sports and blah 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 and all this other stuff let's talk about the assumptions that get us killed so <laughs> i know? think the main assumption is that they are still terrified because and it goes back to the days of slavery they are afraid and this is the problem they are afraid that we as black people are going to be so upset that we are going to do some kind of crazy revolting and they cannot fight it so instead of just saying because like we as black people we are very peaceful people we're like you know what all that stuff's happened in the past. But if you let all this stuff go right now today, I guarantee you all black people in the world will be like this. If we're letting it go and we are all totally equal and we can have a straight shot from here on out right now, we're going to let that pass go. We would do that. But the fear is they're afraid of some sort of retribution or some sort of fight that they will continue to fight to hold a whole entire race down who has done nothing. Mm. Like literally nothing. Like we birthed your children. We have fed your children with our own breast. Right. Yeah. And we have loved your children. Right. And like, and it's weird because like I go on a lot of really random TikToks and stuff like that. And I love going through the comments. And like, and there's this black guy and he was talking about like, you're talking about his black queen, all the comments that were negative, usually from non-people of color. But when there's somebody talking about a white woman as a queen, we're always there to lift them up. And I am the person like, we believe in lifting up all women. We are all- Women in general. Exactly. We're humans. And I feel like, you know, like, like, as far as I'm like, as a, I'm afraid of two people really in my entire life that I don't ever want. And if I had children, I wouldn't really want to mess with as a black woman. I don't want to mess with cops usually or teachers, white women teachers. Those are just as, equally as bad to me as cops because the way and the mentality that they are taking and beating down these children in schools, that's mm-hmm. another issue. Mm-hmm. So we have so many issues on top of issues and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't. And I don't know how to fix it. And I know if we can't, but we have to figure out in a way how to fix it because we have a whole other group of people who are like, no matter what, they're going to look for us for an answer. And sometimes to make it easy, you got like, this is what we got to do. Like white supremacy uh, does not want to let go or recognize, it's never wanted to recognize how dope black people are. When you, so if you started with the beginning of white supremacy, they used to say, or we've, we've been known to be lazy. How can we be lazy when we built this country? Right? We, 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 were, we, were, we were told that we weren't smart. Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois in, in, the, in the late 1800s became a doctor. Uh, the, 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 the scientists, the, you know, that worked at NASA. The, the first open heart surgery. White supremacy has tried to discount our dopeness. They have tried to discredit what our contributions to America have been. And more and more, now, now, now you have a handful of athletes or entertainers or artists who are making money but do you realize that is just a fraction of the black people in America? But they see a handful of us and they were like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you should be grateful, you know, because, you know, the, the LeBron James or you should be grateful for, you know, the, the, uh, the Kamala Harris's or the Barack Obama's. Nigga, please. OK. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're talking about there's 40 million black people in the United States of America. And you've only allowed or we, you know, some of us, if we couldn't go through the back door or the front door, we went through the back door. We went through the windows. We are climbing through it. But listen, that is a small fraction because your supremacy is trying to continue to suppress us. You're continuing to devalue uh, or not understand black children, black men and boys we respond and react differently as nine-year-olds then you know and so if you have 80 percent of white teachers are female that don't understand how black children are or how little black girls are then you know you start you start sending them into those cages of uh, mm-hmm. um, of uh, learning disabilities or you know or whatever but we've made music We've made art, we've made history, we've made science. Uh, and, you know, 
that's the supremacy that's going to continue to try to su suppress us. But we're going to can fight through it because you know what? Black people are dope, but we are tired and we're, we're, we're going to we're, we are going to protest. We are going to be pushed to to destroy stuff because that's our frustration of, you know, of what is really going on. Right, 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 right. All right, so um, so that was great, Chris. Uh, but anyways, let's um, well, we talked about aggression. I don't know. Did we talk about aggression? I grew up, uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll just because I, I, you know I, this topic, Tanya. When you called me, and was like, Come on, you know, but, hey, listen, I've I've had a whole year to get a lot of stuff off my chest. Uh -oh. <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of downtime. I've I've come from a I, I've come from the hospitality uh, realm where I've been one of three. Yeah, you know, uh, black Americans um, who's run fine dining restaurants at the highest level, one of three in the entire world, worked with Michelin star chefs and everything. The microaggression that I have got, not only from the customers, from the guests who are like, well, who are you? Or can you do this for me? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll get someone to do that. But well, who are you? Well, I run this place and, and, you know, and they can't hide the visible, like what <laughs> you're the, you're the boss. Like, yeah. But the microaggressions from my colleagues, my, I'm just going to say it, my white colleagues who, who didn't really recognize or understand that they were uh, reporting to a person of color. The microaggressions against that were, you know, were devastating in terms of the extra that I had to do to perform my duties in order to continue to, you know, to be the person that manages these, you know, $10 million establishments. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So you do have to put on a different hat when you're in corporate America uh, or anywhere. Actually, when you get out of bed. You, you, oh, you can't when you get yeah, out of bed. Yeah. No, let's just, I'll, I'll take it for the women. Um, <laughs> straight hair instead of kinky hair. Now, the kinky hair, our natural hair, you know, uh, was what we wore that for a long time until uh, the, you know, the, the perms and stuff like came out and we tried to straighten our hair. You know, some people are still straightening their hair, but, uh, you know, weaves or whatever. But uh, we, if you like, uh, I think, Jan yeah, Janet, you were saying this that you had. Straight hair for a long time, right? Yeah, I mean, as a as a manager in broadcast, you know, the, especially a fee, black female, there's few. I mean, we are basically um, white rhinos in this industry, mm -hmm. and so um, for the longest, I wore my hair straight. And then when uh, Michelle Obama came out and said, "I'm going to go natural," I went natural in my job. And I will tell you, for the first four months people who had seen my hair before would see me the next day and act like they had never seen my hair. And it was like constantly shock and surprise. Oh, I love your hair and trying to touch my hair. And then I actually had a news director um, very casually as if he was saying, did you like a cup of coffee? Walk past me and say, I liked it the other way. Oh, yeah. And, and, it, and, and it's, and like I said to you, they are dropping bombs just that casually. And if, if you're not careful, you know, you'll, you'll get into a confrontation and you don't want to, but at the same time, uh, so finally I put a guest on the air to talk about natural hair. I showed, uh, and I rolled out video with Michelle Obama and everybody else who they love so much, who had, who had turned over to natural hair. And then suddenly someone walked up to me and said, oh, I get it now. So it's sometimes it's not going to come out of our mouths. We have to kind of pull in what they enjoy about us. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That, we're going to take a break in about three minutes here, but I wanted to get Kit's uh, opinion before we take a break about, you know, what, what type of microaggression you have you experienced? I mean, I'm an actor and I'm also, a, you know, like, I use journalism to pay the bills. And then, and now I'm doing a lot more comedy. Mm -hmm. And comedy is the only place where I'm seeing a little bit of give. You know, like 
Like I always, I got a gazillion wigs because I'm always doing a sketch or whatnot, whatever. And wigs is what saved me because I literally had booked a job. I'm not going to say for who. And I had my natural hair. They loved it. They were so cute. It was big. Da, da, da. I booked the job. I'm on location. We're getting ready to shoot. And I show up that day. Well, that day before I got on the plane, I decided to oh, no, wash my hair and braid it. They were confused when I walked in. Like, oh. what happened to your hair? Like, we did it. And I was like, it's still here. I just washed it. It's like, and I literally had to go and take it. Literally, like, we were in a, having a production meeting. I went to the bathroom and like, and had to blow out my hair and what made it even worse. And this is when I, when I, when I tell you, they flew me first class. They put me up in the best of everything. But still, when I went to set the next day, because we shot in um, um, the, where the greatest, the biggest mall is, is that Minneapolis? No, not Minneapolis. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And what killed me is when I went on set and they had hair and makeup, guess who had to do her own hair? Oh, wow. Yeah. And that wasn't 10 years ago. That wasn't. That, we're talking about like a year and a half. Wow. We have hair, we have hair and makeup at the set, at, but um, all the African-Americans, they bring their own stylists because our makeup artists and stylists won't do their hair. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's terrible. Mm. And I'm like, how is it that you won't do your hair? And this is, again, another microaggression that I find that I have as a Black woman and as a a well-spoken, articulate one, I've had to learn how to navigate my world and just live my life and then navigate a whole other life. And they will never ever cross over and try to do the same. Cause I guarantee you, like I've gone away and I've, I've French braided white girl's hair many a times. Oh yeah, I'm pretty so sure we all have. <laughs> I, I wanna speak to that too and say too, that we grew up knowing exactly about everything about them. That was part of our DNA. We had to learn about them but they never had to learn about us. They said they segregated us and, and they didn't care how we did our hair, what did we did with our skin, you know, any of that. And so, so I, we do know more about them. You know, they're was, learning yeah. about us now. Yeah, they're learning about us now, but it's, exactly. it's hard. Yeah. Learning yeah. about us and then trying to emulate us. Every everything. All right, we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to take a two-minute break. I'm going to ask you all to just mute your mic because uh, DJ J.U. Weiss is going to spin some music for us for two minutes. We'll be back, and we're going to pick up this topic. Be right back. Always on with Tanya J. Tune in. Go ahead, Juice. Yeah. Of course. Girl, I never meant to make you walk like that. Yeah. But all this time, you holding me back. Yeah. You are the one who back for this All in my face and I can't resist Yeah I'm hitting it till she go a wall Girl, you know this is a one Told her get down and just sang up Can't wait another minute, I ain't got no patience Long outside, you will learn to dig All right, all right, all right She want me to like she's in a straight jacket. Give her that crazy, crazy, crazy. She says, Be like I'm in a straight jacket. She like that crazy, that crazy mess with breaking. She just wanna come while I take her down. She just wanna scream on top of all the Love that crazy, 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 crazy. Woo. Danger zone when I'm in the zone. Doing it for demolition to the walls and all. Non-stop banging, non-stop. Yeah. No, we knocking over furnitures, yeah. Got you coming like I'm calling you. Rain like the forest do. Girl, you know how we do. When it's me and you. I'm you till you go A-ball. Girl, you know this is A-ball. Tell her you done and just sing on it. And another minute, I ain't got no patience. Long on side, learn to get All right, all right, all right, all right. She's in a straight jacket. She won't be Give her that crazy, crazy, crazy. She feel like I'm in a straight jacket. She like that crazy. That craziness, breaking. She just wanna come, 
Yes, all right, all right. Welcome back. Always on with Tanya and Jay featuring DJ J.U.I.S. Love the sounds. That was D. Morgan with Straight Jacket. Gotta have you on the show. You know I love music. That's my first love. TV's my second love. Anyways, we got our guests. We got Janet Hill from KTLA, five morning shows, supervising producer. We have Kent Williams, actress, producer. And we have Christopher Means, CEO and president of all, by all means, Leadership Alliance. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about is being Black in America exhausting? Are you tired? Are you tired? Sometimes I'm tired. I don't know about y'all. You said you were tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. So we were talking before we left to go on break. We were talking about um, microaggression and everything. But I just want to, you know, get into um, a little bit, you know, before we get up out of here uh, about, um, I guess, stereotyping, which is almost the same stereotyping. I'll give you an example. I'll start. I'll kick it off because y'all have been talking and I want to say mine first and then we'll leave with y'all. So um, I go to work every day. This is when I was going to work. I work from home now. I was going in the city every day. I take the subway, the bus, and I'm getting on the bus. And every day, I don't know how long this is going on until I really notice it because I had music in my ears. But I noticed that a woman, a white woman, would always look me, sit down next to me and sing this song. Um, uh, what was the song? I can't remember the song now. Um, Something about powerful woman, powerful woman. Oh, sisters is doing it for herself every day. She would stare me in the face and look at me and sing that song. So <laughs> Juice, at first I thought she was crazy, but no, she wasn't crazy. She would stand next to me on the while we were waiting for the bus and sing that basically in my ear. And so I asked her, why do you keep singing that song to me? I'm not understanding. What's wrong? She didn't want to answer the question. So what I'm thinking, I don't know what to think. Okay, she's racist, or maybe she's saying I'm a strong black woman. I don't know. What do you all think? She's racist. <laughs> you ask her. <laughs> <laughs> did you ask her? Did you ask her why she was singing it? Yeah, I did. I asked her why she kept singing it. She wouldn't answer the question. Oh. Yeah, that's that's again that's that microaggression. That okay, that's see? Aggressive. <laughs> and, um, see? Yeah, what she's saying to you is every time she sees you, she sees your blackness. That's what she was saying. Well, God, no. Yeah. Well, she had to, she, she could at least um scratch it up, mix it up a little bit. You know, kept singing the same song. Sisters are doing it. Well, then said what? Because I work at a news station. No, oh, it's because you're a black woman going to work. She's like, just go, black girl. I see you. <laughs> well, I appreciate if she said that because she's singing was horrible. First and, of all. and part of microaggression is doing it so that they get your that they get your attention and they get a reaction. Mm. That's what microaggression is about. So mixing up the song wouldn't have gotten that. No, it would have got a reaction out of me for sure, especially if I was running late for work. <laughs> and, and as I told you uh, before we. Um, talked about doing this is what happened out on my street. Oh, yeah. I'm in a predominantly white neighborhood in Studio City, California. And um, there was a guy that I've seen all the time, you know, during this pandemic, walking around the parks, and he waited for me on the corner. I walked up and immediately wanted to talk about George Ford Floyd verdict. And I was like, great, you know, and we were talking, talking, talking. And I was like five minutes in, and then he hit me with what he really wanted to talk to me about. And he said, but that 16-year-old Ohio, she needed to be shot. I told you about that. And I was like, whoa. And then I said, very nicely, she was a child. And he went off. And in the midst of our neighborhood, he was running and screaming. And I'm trying to get away. I get across the street. And as I get across the street, he yells, because he knows I work for a TV station, across the street. And he says, and if you believe that, you're not a journalist. What? Oh, it was, he took it to another level. But that's what's up underneath a lot of uh, what's going on with allies is you got to win, but they still have that same kind of. Yeah, we. To, um, sorry. No, you go right. Go ahead, kid, please. Well, like, um, that reminds me of the case in New York where the gentleman was looking at the birds. He's a bird watcher. 
Yeah. And the woman who yeah. called the police, like, you know, she's a Bernie supporter. She's all like, I'm all about, but the first thing she called was the police and said, well, this African-American man, you know, she made sure she used the correct terms, which right. is exactly what she was doing. Right. And that is the issue. It's like, you have a lot of good, good people who are only on that cusp because they're just trying to do what they think that way we want to say. They're doing a lot of performative mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. We want to be careful like that what they- said earlier. They don't compartmentalize us as as individuals, and they and you're good here, but you're not good there. You know, you know, I'm safe with you here, but I'm not safe with you there, and that's um, something that is makes microaggressions dangerous. Extremely. You know, like- one one of the things I think that you know, you know, we have to do, we have to stop apologizing, answering. You know, you know, people, you know non-BIPOC people can't tell us how to feel or how to react or how to respond to, uh, you know, to what's going on in the world. And we don't have to be apologetic. You know what I mean? And we're not the ones to educate them. If you know what, you go educate yourself for why I'm upset. You go educate yourself why I feel that that little 16-year-old, 13-year-old, you know, the Breonna Taylors, why is it that, you know, you go educate yourself why we're upset. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. That, that could be part of the solution of lowering some of our exhaustion because I find that we're constantly having to answer for things that other people don't have to. We've seen multiple videos over the last couple of weeks where uh, a, a white guy had a knife stabbing at the cop. A white guy, you know, uh, uh, pulling off with the cop and the cops hanging on the car. Yeah, and that, yes. You know what I mean? I know, you know, all, no, I know no, all these no shot fired, no bear spray in the face, like the, um, like the, uh, the, the servicemen. You know, none of those things happen. So you know what? Guess what? I, I, I'm sick and tired. I, 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 you know what? I'm sick and tired, and I'm sick and tired of having to explain to you why we're upset. <laughs> you, you figure it out. Yeah, exactly. As we keep going on, maybe you get a clue. But like uh, I think Rolanda had said, there somebody had said, I don't know who said it, but the, everybody's heads in the in the hole. They're just now peeking out just a little bit. To see, yeah. you know, oh yeah, that is kind of wrong. But George Floyd made that happen, even though there were so many, uh, so many more other people who had passed on before him. But that video opened yeah. everybody's eyes in the world, not just yeah. here in the United States, the world. But it was the world, I think, that saved us. Right. Because I mean, yeah. I think because they like, because there's no way they could not do anything. Because I'm right. like, okay, first of all, let's talk about the French. They don't like us. They don't like nothing about us. But they showed it, sit there and ring some bells in March. Yeah, they did. And the Germans did too, everywhere, all exactly. over the world. So that said so much. And then I, and this is something we didn't even touch on tonight, but I feel like is something that I'm not going to even go into. But then we have to also look at our prison system. Mm. and like the things that they are doing and how that is set up like and like you because you take all of these prisoners and you take them from wherever they're come from and you take them to small rural towns and stick them in those prison systems then you count those people in your like you know they do the census they count them in the census therefore then you get those small towns getting more representation in usually white and then they've been taken out of their own community so they're not getting representation there so then you're basically taking people taking away their rights but taking that number so you can get your number higher and then but they've been doing that since the beginning because you know this electoral college that's what this was about was that's why they put us um and the constitution as being not quite fully um human and then they took those numbers because electoral college is about, they counted us, but they only count us as a fraction of people so that the South could have say we had a greater count and get higher votes. And what's so crazy is we still rely on that same system today, which was based on racism. Right. And our slavery. Right. But I think, I don't know how we're going to still change it. I mean, I think we have a, we have a better shot because we are, all going to college now we're all a lot more educated uber educated like i thought i knew something like the kids today like that come out like the talking heads like the 30 years i always call it the gens they are so smart they are on it and they are ready to fight 
but it's just like getting all of the knowledge and knowing and getting kids, younger kids. And I say young kids, cause there's some kids who like, they don't like, I don't care. I don't give a damn more. And they don't care. And we're starting to lose a lot of our history. And that's going to be a problem. Oh, here comes Tanya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 losing it because they're trying to erase. They're tr they're trying to erase uh, the history out of the history books, right. and so I think that um, I, you know, you know, I'm a huge proponent of the um, of Black History Month, but I'm a bigger proponent of of our Black history just being integrated in everyday history. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we don't have to be, you know, pigeonholed into uh, 28 days <laughs> of a yeah. year because, of year too. because we are we're intricate part of history that they don't want to recognize. Mm -hmm. And the reason why there's going to continue to be these cycles. Yes, we're gaining more and more allies, you know, by the day, but we're not instituting empathy. People have no empathy for people of color. There's a lack, or no, there's a lack of empathy for people of color. And so, until you start uh, with the youth, uh, uh, with you know, continuing just education and you know, and bringing these prominent figures in, and having the Jonathan and K parts, you know, discuss this. And um, there's another gal that's on MS MSB, uh, Tiffany. Um, you know, you're starting to see figureheads who are, you know, in places like yourselves in the media who are bringing more attention to it. We even got Reverend Al, you know, he's been on TV now and, you know, he's shifted how he's thought about things uh, from, you know, coming from the civil rights era and integrating more knowledge into mainstream media. Uh, that has to continue. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was me going like, oh, let me stop. Go ahead. So what I was talking to Tony about was this, is um, we like to look at cable and we like to look at network, but a lot of this, and, and having been in this for 40 years, starting with CNN and Ted Turner, is this, local news. And local news seems like it's so innocuous. People are like, oh, it's just local news, happy talk in the morning, whatever. What people don't realize is that they, it's not just about us, it is about how that audience, that non-Black black audience and what they're seeing. Because what we see and what I know I see is when they need a story in the morning and they don't have anything, they go into the Black community. There's, there's gonna be a crime somewhere. Oh, and what God. our people don't respond to is that if it was good enough at four o'clock in the morning, but then by eight o'clock, they moved on to another story, you know, what they do, what, what's happening is that they desensitize the audience to black people always being in conflict with the police, black mm. people always being in some kind of conflict. And what, and what I wanna tell my viewers out there and I wanna tell you know, black people in general out there is what goes on in TV stations. And this is what happens from network to local. If they get more than five calls, that's all it takes. Five calls about something they don't like there's meetings, you guys, wow. there's meetings. And I will tell you non-black viewers, they know that and they will, and, and they will stop and they'll say, stop this interview or we're not, you know, we'll never use that guest again or whatever, but because we don't get enough of our people and so easy. And that's where, when we talk about remedy, it doesn't have to be these big, large remedies. It has to be where they go. Mm -hmm. And where they go is they, they are squeaky wheels. And we just let it go by. And you know what? We were ingrained in that to just let kind of like say, well, if Denny's doesn't treat me right, I just don't go to Denny's. But yeah, we need no, to make noise. Yeah, you got, you know? you've got to speak up. And it, and it is, it's nothing to them to write email. I mean, they, they kill us. They'll write an email, email, email. They don't like someone. And guess what? We change it. And I, I just want to reach out, but I'm only kind of like one person to say email. Right, even if it's even if they stack a story, you know, and they don't tell you the whole story, or if they stack three you know, really negative, what I call negative black stories in a row and tease it all morning, you should be complaining mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. a lot of that audience that we're talking about, 
the only time they really even see us, a lot of them, you have to understand, they live in gated communities and they live in where they're safe. And when they see what they see on TV is how they see us. Right. That's the assumption right there. Yeah, I mean, so we have to speak up. Yeah, everybody saw the, the movie White Chicks, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you remember, and I make it, I'm just, you know, aligning what you just said. Everybody saw the movie White Chicks. And you know, the one specific part when there was a hotel uh, confusion and she said, oh my God, I'm going to have a BFF. And they, they had to write a letter. This is what it, uh, Janet is talking about. So if you see something, say something. Like the New York slogan says, you know. <laughs> Basically, say something. Well, that's good. To, that's good to know, Janet, because yeah. you know that local news is horrendous, and yeah. it does. It, and it, I work it, in it. It, it perpetuates. <laughs> it, it I, I, I just don't watch it. I don't watch. I it. know, but 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 here's the thing: is it, and then that's what I want to say about to to my brothers and sisters is if you don't watch it, that the the point is is that they watch it, right. you know, right. too, right. and right. and if you're not actively saying. Don't go into, you know, right now in South Los Angeles, there are not, a lot of news, news crews aren't welcome there. You let know? me piggyback off of that, too. Let me let me plug in cancel culture. I'm a huge fan of it. If you're a jerk you're, and you're exposed, email, text, hmm. call their company, uh, blow up their Facebook, blow you up, go. you know, let, let them have it mm -hmm. because... It, it's just there's there's no room for it. And if you have a representative of your company that stepped in it, you should hear about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, but sometimes it's not always just blowing it up. Sometimes it's just informing them because yeah. believe it or not, they don't want to have a big blow up. They want mm -hmm. to put on the news and they want to inform people and they want to get good ratings. And let me just tell you one more thing about black people and ratings we not, may not be like the majority of the population that watches but we are the bump bump culture which means if everybody's even that you have more uh, minority viewers that's your bump and why are we bump it's because we may not have the numbers but we have the hours we there's research out there that shows black people watch tv longer than any other population we turn the TV on, it's on for a maximum of six hours, a minimum of four hours. It's white noise in our house. Hmm. And we realize that meter is clicking that whole time. And so if they have those black viewers, it's important for them. And so we have to start to understand how much weight we do carry, even if it's not really loud. And to share that and say, you know what, you didn't like something that I just saw? You know what, call and write them because sometimes they have unconscious bias. Sometimes they don't realize what it was when they stacked three negative black stories together, or we went all day and we only showed happy um, non-black people and everybody else was in confrontation. You know, you have to, you know, it's, it's tiring and it's exhausting, but that's where, where it comes right into their homes every morning, every afternoon, every yeah. evening. You know, that's what would be my plea out there is just speak up a little bit. It will change a, a little bit of the culture. Well, speaking of changing and everything, how can us professionals, you know, build allies and, and help with aggression? We do it. We, we do it by being on shows like yours yeah. and, have, <laughs> and, and, and literally having the conversation. You know, we, right. we got to have we, people need to see more dialogue of real people, real talk, you know, uh, the, the conversation amongst, you know, not, you know, not non-celebrities, you know what I mean? Right. The conversation right. of uh, regular folks who are connected to other regular folks who actually have regular conversations about these kind of things, you know, uh, you can't, you can't rely on, you know, the, the, the whole celebrity market. And, you know, I, you know, I appreciate, you know, factions and, and, and entrepreneurs like, you know, Byron Allen, who are buying, you know, TV stations and, you know, and, and delivering black content. And I, I love all the, the the black content that is coming, you know, that's coming out right now. But I think, uh, you know, little forms like we're having, Tanya, you know, uh, with you and Jay and and, and, and and Juice, you know, these are these are good these are good conversations that people need to hear. And I might personally hope that you continue to do this oh, and you continue you. to grow 
these kind of conversations. I appreciate it. Thank you. Kit, what you got on the, what you think? Honestly, I mean, I'm going to go off of what Christopher said. It's like, honestly, it's like, as long as we have the conversation and we also have to remember to give ourselves grace and to take the time when you need it, because this is a long, this is a long game. Right. And in knowing that, it's just taking the time to breathe. And I am, I, I'm going to be this person. I felt very blessed tonight to actually like have this conversation and get different opinions because sometimes I can be so angry and militant in my own mindset yeah. that I forget that like the little structural things, they do make a difference. Right. I never even thought, and like, and I've been in television for like 20 some odd years. I never thought like this, I'm going to write a letter. Now, when I get upset, I still like, that's the, but I never thought about it that. But then when I get upset and I'm like, I go to a, like a hotel or something, I get mad, like, I'm going to write a letter. And I definitely write a letter because they get really upset when they get a letter letter. Right. And I never even took that in mind and thought about like writing my local news. And maybe it's because I could, I've become a little bit of a, a snob and like I look at my local news, but then I don't because if you're in New York, your local news is pretty much network. So you just kind of right. that. Right, right. And, it's, and I, but I'm coming from Oklahoma, I think about how important our local news is. And we just passed a law, like we we getting ready to be number one state as far as like, you don't wanna do anything. Like Christopher was talking earlier about um, how other country or other countries, other cities had started like the no wearing cameras. Like in yeah. Oklahoma, it's pretty much, nope, don't have to wear a camera and you can kill anybody during a protest. You can do whatever. Like they- Run them over. Ago, they just, they yeah. just passed the bill and it's getting ready to go through that another house. And after that, it will, and like in Oklahoma will be one of the first states. Wow. You, whatever you got to do to a protester, nothing. And so this is where, you know, uh, yeah, President Biden and, 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 and Vice President, Madam uh, Kamala Harris, they have to act now. Yep. They have the numbers, yep. pass those voter uh, voters' rights laws, the John Lewis laws, pass filibuster everything. Yeah. You know, make these guys stand out there and, 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 show how racist they are yeah. because they can from a federal level subjugate those local laws that are that are being you know trying to put in place that go against civil rights and civil liberties and if you don't do it now and you mess around uh, uh you know you may get in trouble especially if we don't remember that every voting cycle is important we have to vote. We we have to vote on the down votes, on the you know on the non-popular vote, votes, yeah, on the, the on the city council vote. Just get used you, to voting. Exactly. Yeah, you just get used to voting. Just to vote. Just yeah. vote because yeah. they're going to try to do everything to stifle that, and that's right. why. They, and they know that the Stacey Abrams of the world are oh, teaching right. us and educating right. us on she's that. She's a hero. She's my yeah. hero. Oh, she's a yeah. hero. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's, what she's you all of our heroes. What do you have to say? Oh, this up. We've got five minutes left. So what do you have to say? Well, I, 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 I'm pretty much, first of all, loving this panel. And secondly, um, it, they're pretty much speaking exactly what's in my heart. And I get I got exhausted. Um, you know, I really took a mental health day off um, the day after the verdict because as in the news, I watch those videos, you know, all the shootings, I watch them repeatedly because I have to report oh, on them, yeah, cut yeah. them. And yeah. so, and, and actually I was stunned when I heard those three guilties. Right, I, I was too, listen, I didn't even, I didn't even watch, but like you, I'm in the news business, I'm doing the videos, I'm writing. Uh, I didn't watch the hearing at all mm. because I didn't watch it at all. I didn't mm. want to watch it. And only because I didn't want to be let down. Yes. Right. I, didn't want to, I didn't want to be let down by having a, a, a non-guilty, you know, verdict. I, I watched every, pretty much every hour of it um, because it was my job. But two, I think that that's the thing we talk about. Is we, we no longer, we move forward, we no longer look away. That's the problem. Okay. We, we don't have that that privilege to look away anymore. You know, especially with our kids are out there and they're videotaping it. Right. And yeah. we have to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I watched some of it, but I was not, I was just didn't want to be let down. That was my whole purpose of, I didn't want to hear it. They played that video 50 million times. I couldn't take it no more. It's hurtful. I mean, you know, but anyway. But, but that's, 
But I'm gonna just say real quickly, but that's what the culture that they built. Yeah, they beat us down so much that we just go, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, but we gotta keep going. And I gotta keep going. Look, I know we can. (laughs) I know everybody's exhausted, white, black, whatever. I know everybody's tired, but I know especially our people, black people, are tired. But I just want to say, keep your head up. I wish I could play that song right now. Keep your head up and stay strong. No, (laughs) no matter what, stay strong. No matter what life is bringing to you right now. Stay strong, period. But anyways, we're going to get out of here. Introduce yourself one more time. Janet, go ahead. You can go first. Janet Hill. I'm Senior Supervising Producer at Kitchen Morning News in Los Angeles. All right. And if anybody want to get in touch with you, you have an email or? Yeah, there's the easiest email in the world. It's my name, uh, .ktla.com. There you go. Chris? Hey, I'm Christopher Means. I am the founder and CEO of By All Means Leadership Alliance. It's the youth leadership development organization through social justice project for black and brown youth. There you go. Like the power. Hey, Kit. I am Kit Williams. I am I am at I am Kit Williams on everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my own website. I am an actress performer. I work a lot with the pit and do, well, I have a lot of stuff coming up. So just follow the website. Yes, exactly. And you all know how to get back in touch with us. If you want to watch our shows and everything, we're on Facebook, always on with Tanya J featuring DJ J.U. Ice. We're on across all media at TJ Always On. We're also on WeRocksRadio.com. We we, you can watch the replay audio only on that uh, network station on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Also, well, that's about it. I guess that's about it. Jay say says hello. I'm sure he says hello. Uh, Rolanda had to dip out earlier because she's filming, but she says thank you all for having her on and everything. Thanks, Rolanda, for stopping by. I really appreciate it. That's my girl. Love y'all. But anyways, we're about to get out of here. Thank you all so much for stopping by having that conversation with me. Thank you, y'all are beautiful people. Love you. Take us out, Juice. Have a great Friday and great weekend, everybody. I gotta pick up the kid. You know how that goes. Love you. Have a good night. Hi, Juice.